Hello and welcome to everyone. My name is Dorian Lewis and I will be your moderator for this evening's lecture. Welcome to another lecture given by the members of the Southfield, Michigan class. This is a school, not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organizations. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim, and, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as the result of a divine vision and revelation given unto our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We hold classes in the, in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield, Michigan class was established in 1997. The Dean of the Southfield class is Dr. Marvin Lewis. The president is Dr. Edward Yule, and the vice president is Dr. Ron Atkins. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit as they are contained in the original Hebrew texts. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted with Lord. The true title of the word or son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted with God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted with Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means that Elohim is the title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia will prove that neither the Hebrew, Greek, nor Latin languages have any letters or characters in their alphabet that will produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true name of our Heavenly Father and His Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit. And in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We've drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man cannot perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, 
but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. Therefore, the simple yet intelligent question we should all ask ourselves is what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of Egypt he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of the most holy place, holy place, and court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. Our primary constitutional aims and objectives are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons, operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained that there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And 10th, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. And at this time, we will have a prayer given by Dr. George Light, followed by a scripture reading, Romans the 10th chapter read by Dr. Lauren Lewis. Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Okay, great, thank you. Let us all bow our hearts and minds, and once again, thank Yahweh through Yahshua for allowing us to assemble ourselves together. We ask that he 
bless us with his knowledge and continue to bless us with his knowledge and open our hearts and minds so that we can understand everything that he is delivering to us. We thank him always for having brought us out of the darkness of the world and sat us down and caused us to understand and know his purpose, pattern, and plan. And we are now and forever grateful. Let's all say hallelujah. 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 I'd like to say good evening to the class. <clears throat> and I'll be reading out of the King James Version, substituting the true names where appropriate. That's Romans, the 10th chapter. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to Yahweh for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of Yahweh, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of Yahweh's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of Yahweh. For the Messiah is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. <clears throat> Excuse me. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, saying not in thy heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring the Messiah down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up the Messiah again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that Yahshua is the Savior and shall believe in thy heart that Yahweh hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Yahweh over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of Yahweh shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Yahweh, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of Yahweh. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people and by a foolish nation, I will anger you. But, as, but Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel, he saith, all day long, I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gangsaying people. 
That was Romans, the 10th chapter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Light and Dr. Lewis for the prayer and scripture. And uh, today's class, I uh, said it last week, we can um, discuss last week's transcript and recording, which was uh, the SoundCloud number 12. So we'll open up the floor for a few minutes for anyone who has any comments, questions, uh, anything Yahweh revealed to you through that. So the floor is now open. Anyone can speak. Anybody? Uh, Dr. Lewis, can you give like a little synopsis of what the lecture was about? I can't really remember. I know it was very good. Okay, here it is right here. I'll just read the transcript synopsis to refresh everyone's memory. Uh, this is the one where Dr. Dr. Kinley said, don't be expecting to remain here in this earth plane without any problems. It don't work like that. It's not supposed to. Everyone says, well, now they're so-and-so and so in class. Now they're not what they ought to be. And for the very fact that you're talking about them, it proves that you're not what you ought to be. If you was, you wouldn't be talking about them. Now I tried and tried and tried to tell you that them satanic spirits were cast out of heaven and they were cast down to the earth plane. Now listen, they are, they are incarnated in physical bodies posing as popes, cardinals, archbishops, bishops, priests, reverends, doctors of divinity. See, you just name it. Yahweh knows you by the name you have, and Yahweh has the earthly names of everyone that has ever been or will ever be born written in his book, but that is not the heavenly name. Uh, every bit of the sperm that ever took on shape and form, see, was present and accounted for with him before, before ever you came into the world. He knows what you're going to do, what you're going to be, and whatnot. He knows you by name. Pharaoh's daughter and Moses' parents agreed on his name. Yahshua is the resurrection and life, and the life, present tense. Mary and Martha saying that they believe that the resurrection would come at the end is like Jehovah Witnesses, Jehovah's Witnesses saying, excuse me, and others believing Messiah is going to come in the future. If we ever understood that Yahshua did not die on the cross to save any physical body, that would do away with racial segregation and desegregation issues. Both the premillennium and postmillennium Christian religious doctrines are wrong. This is illustrated by comparing these concepts to the tabernacle pattern. God is spirit. You heard me. And for your information, he never did die and never will. No, this is Yahshua that's nailed out here on, on this cross, not Yahweh. Yahweh was manifested in that body. That was a sacrificial body for Yahweh to manifest himself in. Yahshua did die and resurrected, sown a natural and raised an incorporeal, and went right straight back to where he come from, and is now in all of us, and that's the part of us that's not going to die. So that was the full synopsis of that. Jog anyone's memory? Uh, yes, um, Dr. Lewis, if you can go back up to the top of that transcript with the first, or right there, where up, you can go down where it starts with the first point, a synopsis. Um, so I kind of have a, I'm trying to see if I can word this correctly so it's understood. Um, can you read that first part where it says, everyone says, well, now there's so-and-so, so-and-so in class again? All right, that's the second bullet point or sub bullet point. Everyone say, well, now there's so-and-so and so in class. 
Now, they're not what they ought to be. And for the very fact that you're talking about them, it proves that you're not what you ought to be. If you was, you wouldn't be talking about them. Now, this stood out to me in the beginning um, because, you know, we know that our thoughts are not Yahweh's thoughts. And I think he, uh, through Yahshua Messiah, teaches us as we go. Yahshua is the teacher. Um, and so the question I kind of want to pose to the body and see if I can get, you know, um, some different opinions. It's not so much a clarification, um, but where when I read that, um, you know, sometimes I've heard lectures um, where um, it's presented as an admonishment. Um, how do you know um, that it's actually um, an admonishment from Yahweh? You know, because I think it is important. Yahweh can speak to the sons for through the sons to the other sons for admonishment. I do um, believe that. Uh, but how do you know for sure um, that that is an admonishment from Yahweh rather than just your personal feeling that you were um, presenting while preaching the gospel? So if that makes sense. I'd like to give some input into that, if I could. This is Janine. Thank you. I can, you're welcome. Am I coming through okay? Yes. Okay. Um, thank you for that, um, too, Lauren, because I think we all sometimes grapple with understanding how and when or even if it's Yahweh or Yahshua speaking to us and not ourselves, but we have a measuring rod and mm -hmm. often forget what the measuring rod is. And so I just want to hit on that a little bit. I want us to think about motivation and intention. Uh, Yahshua in us is what's going to bring back to us the things that have been said throughout us listening and learning in this gospel. But a measuring rod as to whether or not you are hearing what you think you're hearing or you know that or you wonder if it's the right thing is embedded within the attributes. And I'll give you an example. If, for example, I say that um, the comment that was, oh, I'm trying to think of a good example, one that really can uh, bring this uh, point forward. Um, when we say we have knowledge, we know that that knowledge is having to do with all things, but we don't know all things yet. So the knowledge that is being uh, delivered unto us we have to always put it to the test. I got to try, try and think of this really good example. It was coming to me, but uh, okay. So we hear someone say something in class and we want to determine whether or not that's a valid point that they're making or they say something and you want to put it to the test as to examine whether or not it's true. So if, Lauren has made a comment to me and she'll say something like, I don't think this is, uh, this is not of the gospel. I think this is really of your, on my own carnal mind. What is the litany test to prove that? See, the, the concept of us coming out of the world 
really has to do with the fact that the world exists within us. I got to go back a little bit and just explain what I mean by that. The world existing in us has to do with the way that we've been raised, the way that we have been taught, the way in which we have used these attributes for worldly gain. Right. So that, that, that world exists within us. So when we need to measure whether or not it's Yahweh speaking to us, now we know he's given us natural jobs, he's given us natural things that we need to exist in the world. That's just, that's what's supposed to happen because he put us down here in a natural world, right? But when you're trying to determine or ascertain whether or not you're out here doing something and it's for the benefit of your sanctuary or that spirit dwelling in you, or if it's for the benefit of you expanding your worldly or, or uh, your, uh, your interest in trying to still be something. See, you're, you're nothing until Yahweh shows you who you really are. And then when he shows you who you really are, you're everything. You're everything even out in the world because you're doing everything to the glory of Yahweh. That's the better example. The better example is when you go and you're just driving. You're just going about your daily business, whatever that is. Every single thing that you do, you're doing it with those attributes in mind. You're doing it with excellence. You're doing it to the best of your ability. In other words, that light in you is shining so bright. No matter what you do in this world, you're doing the very, very best that you can. And you're being honest and fair. So the litany test is what is your motivation? What is your intent? What is your ultimate goal? And does it serve a progressive purpose within your tabernacle to grow you to the next phase? Because learning this teaching is like climbing rungs on a ladder. The more you show and demonstrate that you can handle what Yahweh has given you, the higher on that ladder he allows you to go. So you just ask yourself questions. What is my motivation? What is my thought? What is my intent? Be honest. And when you answer, you might even say, now that ain't right. And right. I know it ain't right. You know. And then, and then that's the end of that. And you ask Yahshua to squash it because it's one of the negative thoughts that we were trained in the world with. That's all. And I, that's the best way that I, or the best thing that I can offer to that. You know the questions to ask yourself because you have been trained. You have been taught. You must put it to the test. So that's my contribution. I hope that helped. All right. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Dr. Whitfield. Uh, go ahead. Lauren, you have more? No, I, no, I didn't have more. I was just saying about repeating the question. That's what I was just asking for you to do. Um, go ahead. Repeat the question for people who just came in. And if anyone um, else has, wants to add to it, they can after she's done. After she's done. Uh, thank you, Dr. Wilson. I really appreciate that and understood that. <clears throat> um, back to the transcript we were re referencing from last week. Um, <clears throat> that beginning uh, statement, one of the points that was brought out in the transcript is everyone say, well, now there's so-and-so and so-and-so in class. Now they're not, not what they ought to be. 
And for the very fact that you're talking about them, it proves that you're not what you ought to be. If you was, you wouldn't be talking about them. And so the more so the question, I won't say question, but what I brought up was um, at times we get admonishment that we hear from the floor, uh, from different vessels that are called on from the floor. Um, and um, <clears throat> I do believe, as I said before, that Yahweh will give um, the speaker at times who's speaking those things to bring up or admonishments that can be given to the body. Um, so I do believe that. Uh, but how do you, I guess this is even um, a position from if you were the actual person speaking, how do you, um, uh, you know, I guess relay really if it's an admonishment from Yahweh or more so your personal opinion on something that you're speaking about during um, a lecture that you're giving. Um, I guess this kind of how I uh, phrased it um, the first time. And so we know that we've heard many times is that the gospel is what corrects it. You know, we've heard that, you know, even when we would hear the erroneous doctrine that was teached over the years, it would say you preach the gospel. It was a point in time we would debate a lot. Then it got to the point where you preach the gospel and the gospel is the reconciler. Um, so then with that in mind, um, how are you able to determine, or like I like what Dr. Whitfield talked about using that measuring rod, what measure is it that you're utilizing where you say this is an admonishment that is truly from Yahweh and not just me um, speaking my personal feelings? You know, I try to stay away from that when I speak um, and focus more on the gospel because that's the reconciliation. So that was basically um, the root of my question off of this quote that Dr. Kelly had in the transcript. Um, thank you. Um, Dorian, uh -huh. can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, I was one of the ones that transcribed this transcript. And one of the things that I recognized from what Dr. Kelly was saying was that he has said this before in other transcripts. I referenced that fact to answer the question about how do you know it's an admonishment from Yahweh? One of the ways that Yahweh always admonishes is through repetition. It will not be the first time that you've heard it, either from other brethren or in your own mind. Right. It will be confirmation that you will receive that yes, Yahweh is saying something because he is saying it more than one time, almost all the time. It will not be uh, just some general flipping comment. It will be something that Yahweh has said before and that he is reiterating. Just like that comment in the transcript, Yahweh through Dr. Kinley has admonished that before in other discussions in other transcripts. So that's how you know it's coming from Yahweh there is repetition to it. Thank you, Dr. Brazil. Okay, I'm sorry. I wanted to add a little bit to that too. All right. On the uh, subject. Um, I just wanted to say one of the things also, uh, piggyback right on to what the other speaker said about an admonishment is in this very transcript, Dr. Kenley goes on to say, that the, about this talking about each other, talking about the brethren, said, now that's not the way you do it. So now, if the person does something 
that you deem is out of order or is apparently not in keeping with the teachings of the vision of revelation, then you go to that brother. See, you don't do like he, the example he just gave there where it says, now, see, you sit over there and now look at so-and-so over there. See, now I'm talking to somebody, a third party. Now look at so-and-so over there. See, he ain't what he ought to be. Go tell him that. That's who needs the help. That's the individual that needs the encouragement and the correction, see, in, in order to straighten out. Maybe he thinks, in my mind, I maybe I think he's being a hot shot. Maybe he thinks in his mind, in his understanding, he's right. And he's wrong as two left shoes. Dr. Kinley has covered that in, in transcripts too. So that's why you go to the brethren and you say, you know, I enjoyed your delivery, but there's one thing, and Rhonda Brazil is very good at this. There's one thing I wanted to ask you about that you said. And every time that someone has ever, now every individual in here, you just stop and think. Every time someone has come to you and went into a little more detail about something you may have said from the floor, you are grateful that they did. Because there's two things that happen. And you improved by this happening to you. Either you were wrong about what you said and that got corrected, or you were right about what you said, but you didn't make it clear or didn't establish the proper witnesses. So anyway, when some of the brethren came to you and expressed those things to you, you were better off for it. See, you weren't demeaned. You weren't abused. Nobody was looking down on you. And you have to admit that when that's happened to you and Yahweh revealed to you that that person's intention was to improve your understanding and elevate you in the teachings, see, then you were grateful and thankful for that person to come to you. See, and matter of fact, you couldn't stop thanking them enough probably if people had to walk out just to get away from you. I mean, it's not like I gave them $1,000. I just pointed out a little something I noticed. So that's, admonishment does that for you. Admonishment, if it's true admonishment, and when you admonish a brother or you encourage, I like to use the word encourage more because, and the reason I like to use the word encourage is because I don't think I'm, I don't think there's many of us that are really qualified to be admonishing people. See, because what you got was a gift. See, we have to remember the problem we have as individuals is we have a carnal body. We're in a carnal world. We were raised with carnal thoughts, practices, ambitions, and understandings. So what this teaching does is it cuts away from that stuff. And Dr. Kenley covers part of that in this transcript too. See, so you have to come and you have to, you can't help yourself. You got a case of the, I can't help it. You cannot be righteous in Yahshua's sight. You cannot improve yourself while you're in this physical body with enough understanding or enlightenment to understand Yahweh to the point that you can understand him as he really is and actually exists. It's not going to happen. That's why Yahweh sacrificed Yahshua the Messiah to elevate our consciousness now while we're in the flesh so that we can see him and appreciate and understand what Yahweh's done through Yahshua for us. Nobody has a leg up on anybody else. Nobody. 
Dr. Ken, Dr. Kelly used to get that claim out. They say, I'm no better than you. And from a natural standpoint, from the condition that we were in when we came into this teaching, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley was in the same condition you were when you first came into this teaching. When he received the vision, he was in the same condition you were in now. And you notice he always said that he has to kill himself on a daily basis because that old physical carnal man, that listen, he'll just act up if you don't keep him under control. See, we all know that if a personal experience that it's a daily job to keep us, keep our carnal minds and thoughts and actions suppressed. And we know that the only way they remain suppressed and under control is we have to call on Yahshua. See, we have to ask Yahshua to deliver us from ourselves, not deliver us from the Pope, but to deliver us from ourselves. And that's the same state that we're all in. So we are all, the point I want you to see is that we are all dependent on the Holy Spirit to deliver us. Absolutely nobody is exempt to that. Nobody has so much going for them that they don't need Yahshua to die on the cross for them. Nobody, including Henry Clifford Kinley. And he admitted that. So that's all I have to say. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Lewis. Uh, Dr. Diasey, you go ahead. I'd like to say some things about that statement. Sure. Would you mind speaking up just a little bit? You're a little low. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Everybody get me on me about that. So that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was thinking about some things that we see in the vision, in particular, the transgression plate. Now, when they disobeyed the commandment, he said they got everybody. If you understand. And somewhere I can't remember where it's at. He said, All have sinned and come short of the glory of Yahweh. So there was a transcript, I can't even remember the name of it, that I was reading. And Dr. Kinley was talking about this. He was talking about, let's say, uh, he was talking all the way down to Abraham. And it said something about there were some truth seekers, right? An article that was talking about all the way down. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and those and what they had done, if you understand what I'm saying. You talk about, if we talk about Abram, and his wife came to him and go to, told him, in a sense, that maybe she could have children by the bondmaid. And so they were talking about, well, look what he did. You understand? So there are certain men through the dispensation and ages that didn't always appear to be righteous, you understand? And then we go in to say that there is none righteous, no, not one. So none of us are righteous. As Dr. Lewis was saying, none of us was in a, any other state better than anybody else. So as you track that through and you pick up what these people back there under the law thought was considered righteous men, you see, and what we understand about that is that they had the Holy Spirit temporarily. Yahweh would give it to them and it would lead them. You understand? Right. Now nobody, so that means that all men, all the way down, Jews and Gentiles were concluded under sin. So that says to me, well, none of us 
what we ought to be. You understand? We should, we're not what we should be until Yahshua comes in and gives us his Holy Spirit. See, even us, even though we came in the present kingdom age, you see, we didn't know. So we were not what we ought to be, if you understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. until we receive Yahshua or that New Testament or covenant in our heart and mind. So sometimes he may not quote it from a scripture, <laughs> but according to the way he lays this vision out, you can see, see? Now then, we, even if we took Isaac back there, you know, he went down in Egypt and uh, uh, as we say, with Abraham, Pharaoh took Pharaoh into his house right mm -hmm. and he didn't know you get the point that that was Abram right because he just simply told didn't give him all the information he needed he said that was his sister right you see then when his son went to Egypt they saw him out there I guess it was I can't remember his wife's name it could have been Rebecca or somebody he was out there playing with his wife and then they realized, well, that was that man's wife. And that that would cause people to commit. An, Pharaoh said, Abraham, you almost caused me to commit an awful sin. So from the fall of Adam, sin was in the world. And death passed upon all men because all men had sin. Now, he may have not taken the time to go through all of that. And sometimes he doesn't because he wanted to get to a particular point. But that concluded all of us. And there's none righteous until Yahshua the Messiah. Now that's just me trying to look at the vision and work it down through the ages of mm -hmm. what that meant to me when he said that. Mm -hmm. You see, that's all I have to say about that. All right. Thank you, Dr. Dye. Is that satisfactory, Lauren? Oh, yes. Thank you, everyone. Anyone else have anything or any other questions or comments about the lecture, the transcript? I was just going to say, it's, uh, it's Lionel here. I was just going to say it was an excellent question by Lauren and appreciate the answers from Dr. Lewis and Dr. Dye there. And when I, when I look at those comments there, I, I think very clearly about what it says in Matthew 23, where you think about your brother, right? And you kill him along those lines. It's probably you want a few. To get it? Sure. Sure. Matthew 23 and one. Uh, five and twenty-three, I think it is. Oh, five and twenty-three. Sorry. All right. Five and twenty-three. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there, oh, let me go up. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Start at twenty-one. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, thou fool, shall be danger, excuse me, shall be in danger of hellfire. That's, that's right. You start to think about what the scripture lesson talks about, you know, where you, uh, you preach Yash the Messiah through the mouth and of the heart, you preach the resurrection. And, you know, you think those thoughts and you kill people in the sense from a standpoint of even simple backbiting terms that people can have because it's easy for people to do that when you look right there's the screen you know the sentence just above what you have highlighted you know rest assured you, you know you see several times that the founder and in the school we have the confidence of being made aware that 
the Christian doctrines and so forth are, are wrong and incorrect. And there's a confidence that comes with that. And that confidence, as you look towards the world, uh, can sometimes, you know, creep into your own head where you need to be patient and humble and apt to teach, as it says in 2 Timothy. Um, it's uh, If you go to uh, the, what's the greatest commandment, right? You know, that love. If you have that love for each other, you're not going to be backbiting with someone else. And, oh, they're not wearing a nice dress or whatever else. Because we're not here to play church. We're all students. We're all here to learn. And you think about that second name, right? The universal brotherhood in Yahshua the Messiah, not in our background or where we think we're from. Mm -hmm. uh, greatest commandment there is what? Uh, Matthew 22 and 36. All right. It's Matthew 22 and 36. All right, they say, Master, which is the great commandment of the law? Yahshua say unto them, unto him, thou shalt love Yahweh thy Elohim with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is, second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Yep, and if you put that in focus, it's really about paying your attention. Where your attention is is where you are, right? You know, and, and you really have to be mindful for that. But with that, as a son, there's all kinds of challenges and chastisement, as, as Dr. Lewis was talking about reproach, right? Or, you know, or when you're reproved, what are you going to say? Um, uh, let's go to Hebrews 4 and 12 quick. And then and then uh, I'll, I'll be quiet in just a second here. And then as well, First uh, Corinthians uh, 10 and 23. All right, Lauren, can you get that Corinthians one? I got Hebrews. Take your time, Dr. Von Manju. Uh this Hebrews 4 and 12. For the word of Yahweh is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's, people can say a lot of pretty things. Yes. But, but lo and behold, you know, <laughs> when truth comes to shove and your, your spirit's being discerned by by. You think of that divine attribute, justice, right? Mm -hmm. You know, judge. You know, that's that's some of Yahweh's divine attributes being manifest. And Yahshua the Messiah is out there executing judgment on those that know him not, or the, those that are holding the truth and righteousness, or those that aren't loving their brethren as they should. We are a remnant. We have to lift each other up and love each other, whether we like different teams or different <laughs> philosophies or politics or investment strategies or professions. Man, only thing you can really love about each other anyway is that spirit in someone else, right. which is the Holy Spirit. But aside from that, we shouldn't get distracted by all the, the, all the other things that come in there on the outside of that envelope, right? Um, 1 Corinthians uh, yeah, uh, 10 and 22, I think that's, yeah. 1 Corinthians 10 and 22. Do we provoke Yahweh to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. That's, that's right. All things are lawful, right? Remember now that, that the Mosaic law is all taken care of. You can do all kinds of stuff, you know, but as much as that's the case, it really comes down to that acid test is does it edify, right? And, mm -hmm. and I really appreciate what was said uh with the measuring rod of motivation and tension, right? You know, and, and that progressive growth and the progressive growth is within the gospel. And it's not necessarily a bad term because we need to grow and we exercise through these classes and are, and if there's no edification and there's no fruit, then what's happened, the ax is laid to the tree, 
I'll just go to Habakkuk two and one, and then I'll be I'll be quiet. Sorry. I don't know. Habakkuk two and one. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower, and I will excuse me, and will watch to see what he will say unto me, and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Yeah, you know, he's what he's going to say to you, and when you're reproved, right? You don't want to be like uh, Cain, right? Who offered a sacrifice unto Yahweh that wasn't pleasing, and instead of work an arrangement with his brother Abel, lo and behold, that, you know, obviously the spirits, the spirit of iniquity is being made manifest there, but, but instead of, you know, coming up with a better sacrifice and working together and, and demonstrating love and, and, and partnership and teamwork and those things, he, he slayed his brother, right? And when you're asked, and what are you going to be reproved, right? You're going to say you're sorry if you're wrong. And, you know, I, I can be wrong all the time. And if I ever am, please, please tell me. And the same for anybody else. We're here to learn and and in that process, uh, we learn a little bit piecemeal. Anyway, right. I'll be quiet. I thought there was a great question. And, you know, there's, it's a cliche to say there's not enough love in the world, but we just need to make sure there's not enough love. We got to make sure that there's enough love in this gospel to support mm -hmm. love each other because that's all we have. Right. Thank you. I'll be quiet. Thank you, Dr. Yeah. Manju. Yes, thank you. All right. Anyone else? Any uh, additional comments or questions about the transcript? And uh, what Dr. Von Manju just had read about uh, in Matthew, I think it's five, fifth chapter, where Yahshua talks about if you have anything against your brother. Dr. Kinley quotes that a little later after this. He talks about that same verse. So that's another witness. So any other questions or comments about this uh, lecture? All right. <laughs> uh, can you find that in the transcript and read it? Can you speak up, Dr. Dow? We couldn't hear you. Can you find that in the transcript and read it where he quotes that? Okay. About having all against your brother? Okay. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure it's right after the part where he says this. Yep, here it is. All right, I'll read this. All right. This is Dr. Kinley speaking. Uh, this is Dr. Kinley. Comment on that, so go ahead. Okay. Okay. Tell me when. When you, when you're, uh, when you want me to stop. All right. Just read it first. All right. Okay, go ahead. Okay. And I noticed another thing too. A whole lot of talking about somebody else. Different ones say, well, now there's so-and-so and so in the school, in the school. Now they're not what they ought to be. And for the very fact that you're talking about them, it proves that you're not what you ought to be. If you was, you wouldn't be talking about them. That's right. Sit down and think a, a little bit. A whole lot of these problems could be solved if we just stop and think a little bit. And if you were so sure that somebody was wrong, and if you wanted to be any help, why not just go to, go to them and tell them about it? Wouldn't that be better? As for the high priest, the Messiah said this, said, when you go to the altar, telling the Jews under, under the dispensation of the law, and I'll be back in a few minutes and we'll get straightened out with this book. Now, what we intend to do is this, we intend to teach now, I didn't get up here to do what you call preach. Notwithstanding, true teaching is preaching. That's what it is. True teaching is preaching. Something to think about, ain't it? But the thing of it is, but the thing of it is, as I just started to say, under the dispensation of the law, now this was to the Jews, said, when you come to bring your gifts to the altar and you remember that your brother has ought against you, or you have ought against your brother, said, Leave the gift. Leave it right there with the high priest. Don't try to offer it. Just leave it there. Then you go to that person instead that has ought against one another. 
and try to straighten the thing out and be reconciled with it. Now, it didn't say go to the priest. He was already standing right there at the altar. Said, you leave the gift with him with him, and go see the, the other person that to who the offense was. Didn't say confess to the priest. Do you understand? We want you to get these things straightened out. Nothing in no book about confessing to no priest. Said, leave your gift at the altar and go your way and be reconciled with your brother. Then And then come and take up your gift and offering. That's the law. Want me to continue, Dr. Dan? Okay. No, that, that's fine. That's what I was looking at. And what he does with that to me, I was looking at that, and he gets into mystery of iniquity or anti, uh, a present-day apostasy. And what, to me, he just said, don't go confessing to the priest. Mm -hmm. See, because the Roman Catholic Church, they have this confessional that people go to and confess the priest. So what I'm seeing he's doing, he's showing the infallibility and the accuracy of the scriptures. And that's what I was seeing with that. So in order to offer your sacrifice, if it was a peace offering, sin, well, a peace offering, any other kind of offering, uh, offering because of ignorance or anything, that two things would happen because the priests had the book of the law and the kings had the book of the law. So if you know what to bring, what to offer for whatever sin or whatever trespass you committed, you would have to go to the priest and ask. And he indicated that that was under the dispensation of the law. Now, what he said pretty much, if you had something against your brother out there, see, don't go to the priest and tell him what the problem is and then bridge over it and go on. Mm -hmm. He was saying, leave your gift at the altar. Go back and be reconciled with your brother. If he didn't hear you, take another witness. Maybe he would hear you. Well, I guess you can read this other part from now because he's going to explain that. <laughs> That's probably okay. the best way to do it. Okay. Now, now, if you go to your brother and he will not become reconciled with you or he won't hear you, then what you do is what you do yeah. then is go and get a witness. Go back and try. No, you don't do that. What you do, you go to the priest and tell him and then he gives he's forgive you. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you go your way. <laughs> right. Now, that's not what he said, but. You have to consider that the Roman Catholics are a fraction of things under the dispensation of the law. You get the point? So right. he's saying that wasn't the priest's job. <laughs> the priest's job was to offer the sacrifice. It wasn't the priest's job to forgive your sin. Mm. Go ahead. All right. Go back I'll just start. Try. I'll start over. Uh, okay, go back and try that way, try it that way to get the thing straightened out. Now then, if he won't hear that, then bring mm -hmm. him before the whole group. Then, if he won't hear that, what are you Now you bring to him before the congregation of the seven. Mm -hmm. Right? He say, bring him before the whole group. Then if he won't hear that, what are you supposed to do? Mm -hmm. Said, said, then let them be unto thee as a publican or a heathen. That just about would make mm -hmm. all of us heathens. 
No wonder so, David said. Go ahead. Wait a minute. If that makes us all heathen, see, then we're all, everybody's in the same boat. Ain't right. nobody better than anybody. But if he's talking under the dispensation of the law, you understand it was given to Israel. Well, what about the Gentiles? Well, they were considered to be heathens. They're supposed to have a law unto themselves. You understand? That's what we're looking at. So when I hear this, you know, he just debunked or just put out confession to the priest. You understand? Which would just be another restorance of cardinal ordinances. And that's what I, when he said that, I had never seen that before for him to explain. So what's doing, what's being done in the present kingdom age right now? That's part that they've adopted, as you say, from the law. Go ahead. All right. Sorry. All right. That would make just about, that would just about make all of us heathens. No wonder David said, why what do they... No wonder David said, why do the heathen rage and imagine a vain thing, you see? Now, instead of doing that under the dispensation of the law and doing something similar to that over here, that's not the way. That's not the way you do it. That's not the way. That's not the way we do it. We go over here and tell everybody else something about the other fella. In other words, just plain downright backbiting. Said, did you hear the latest? So-and-so and so-and-so. Then they'll go to see somebody else, say, did you hear the latest? And they just pass it on. And when it gets back around to you, you don't know where it was. Now that's, you know what that is? That's a root of bitterness springing up among you whereby many are defiled. That's not the way to do it. Now James puts it like this, confess your faults. We'd rather die than to choose that. <laughs> you see what I mean? So what do you say? Mm -hmm. See, now in this present kingdom age, after James had received the Holy Spirit, he was preaching. He told us what we ought to do in this age versus what was done that's been restored dealing with the priest back there. But he, but even back there under the law, he didn't say go confess to the priest. But they're doing in this age. So James said what you should do is confess your faults one to another. Now, you know, we won't do that unless they're really close friends. <laughs> right. See? Okay. So that's not the way we do it. That's why he said we'd rather die, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. And we would than to choose that. See? Okay. All right. Uh, Confess. Confess your faults one to another that ye may be healed. Didn't say confess them to the priest. Maybe you better read that, James 5 and 16, so we can get this thing straight. Mm -hmm. Want me to continue? See, so, he's, so, so what I'm saying is there's a lot of things that he's saying in here when we come to understand the vision. He just referenced, as we say, mystery of iniquity and mystery of iniquity in this present kingdom age. And those are the things that we should do in this present kingdom age after we see the Holy Spirit. See, as, as the dean had said, hey, we should go to him and admit that we wrong. You see, we should talk to one another and straighten the matter out. 
Right. So if you want to continue your weeds, you can, but that's that's what I was looking at when he began to say those things. Because he's always talking about something that's being repeated in this vision and revelation. Right. Okay. All right. Well, we'll finish up this this section, uh, this paragraph here. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know. We can keep going. Just tell me when. All right. Uh, reader, confess your faults one to another. Dr. Kinley repeats. And pray, Dr. Kinley. Now, wait just a minute. Now, this comes up from what I just told you about, where Messiah said, when you come to bring your gifts to the altar and you remember that you and your brother are at odds about something, he said, now go back and be reconciled with him. He didn't say quit speaking to him. That's the way we usually do. Tighten up, see? We won't say nothing to them. We go on down the street and say something to somebody else. Now, James said, confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. Now, somebody right this night is having some problems because they won't admit that they're wrong about something. And you'll never make it over the hurdle. Audience commenting, you can't hear Dr. Kelly speaking. Now, that's the thing that's wrong with the most of you. They swear by all that is holy that they are right and just as wrong as they could be. Then they know it, know right down deep in your own heart that you're wrong, but you wouldn't admit it. You wouldn't confess it to save your life. Do you see what I'm talking about? To the person to, uh, that the offense is occurred. Now, which oftentimes it's a man and his wife. Sometimes it's his neighbor or someone else, you understand. And he'd rather die and go to hell. As they said about Marlboro, he, <laughs> he'd rather fight than switch. Now, the devil's got us all tightened up like that. If you look into what I'm saying, you'll find, excuse me, if you look into what I'm saying, you'll find it, it'll help you out in your everyday life, around your house, all of you, help you, help you over some of them problems. You know, it takes a pretty honest person, and then you have to kind of meditate a little bit. And you have to kind of find out something about what's right to know when you're wrong. See, there's a whole lot of people deceived. They think they're right when they're wrong. Get it? Now, if, excuse me, now, if say that to most people, say, say, listen, what is right? Let's throw it on back. Let's throw it back on the church. People say, well, what church is, which church is right? Said, I'm searching for the truth. Now, which church is right? Now, first of all, that person don't know what the church is. And he hasn't got time to wait for you to tell him. He wants you to answer him, uh, to point out something. Some church is right, see? Now, if you take it like it really is, there isn't any of them right. Secular Christianity is a failure. Now, somebody will raise up and say, listen, I've been a Christian all my life. What's that man talking about? I remember when my dungeon shook and my chains fell off. They're down and they'll boast themselves out of the Bible, says, I'm like the Apostle Paul is. I'm persuaded that neither heights nor depths, principalities nor powers, things present or things yet to come shall separate me from the love of Christ. See, anybody can quote a Bible. The devil himself did that out there in the wilderness. Do you see through what I'm talking about? That is the way we go on, confused, dece deceived, stubborn. You understand? What the old folks say, the slang, just right, downright bullheaded, determined, self-righteous, Nobody right but me. Everybody got to hear me because, see, I'm right. Then if you ask somebody else what they thought about that character, I wouldn't like to hear the story. I wouldn't like to do that. So we can, uh, again, I think we'll stop there. Uh, read this yourself. 
Is there anybody that didn't get this transcript from Sharon? Uh, I forgot her last name. Who The lady who sends out the transcripts? Sharon Welsh. Sharon Welsh. Thank you. If anybody didn't get it, let me know and I'll email it to you. I didn't, Dorian. Okay. I don't remember sending it either. This is Maurice. Okay, Maurice, I'll send it out to you. I'll send it out after class. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Excuse me, uh, Dr. Lewis. Uh-huh. That's on, uh, it's on YouTube now. Right, I just, that's what... Uh, just go straight to YouTube and get it. Okay, all right, cool. Uh, George was saying, um, um, who was it? Uh, Lenore Allen and them did it. They went through it, so it's on YouTube. Yeah, it is. Okay, all right. Well, I will send out to everyone. I'll just uh, send out an email blast with it after class anyway, for those who didn't get it. All right. Uh, any other questions about this transcript or comments? Anything? Feel free. Well, if not, <laughs> we will call on speakers. And for our first speaker, it is a pleasure to call on Dr. Maurice Cahey. Good evening, class. Good evening. Um, wow, well, I'm expecting this, but uh, I'm glad, first of all, I'm glad to be able to log in today because I just been having one of them days and I uh, appreciate the fact that I do know this gospel and what's going on in this time and age because you know I just uh just want to sit back and I'm gonna just listen tonight. So with that I'm gonna say thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. K. For our next speaker, it is a pleasure to call on Dr. Andre McDaniel. Give him a few seconds, Dr. McDaniel. I know you might be working, so we'll give you a few more seconds. Uh, good evening, class. Good evening. Uh, no, I'm not working, but I am out in the world doing a little shopping tonight. Do not have a problem pulling to the side and sharing a, a few things that I have learned to appreciate. Uh, that I've been blessed with by our, our creator, Yahweh, Elohim, and Joshua the Messiah, our only true savior. Uh, I wasn't able to listen to the whole transcript last, last week, but from the synopsis today, uh, I always, um, I find myself more and more constantly looking back and being thankful for seeing how strong of the deception that I was in and how willfully ignorant I was on more than one occasion when the Holy Spirit tried to talk through a vessel to get me to learn something about him. And that's just, and I have to be thankful 
that Yahweh is so gracious and so patient with me because I thought I had patience and uh, maybe my patients come to find out ain't what I thought they were because when if somebody refuses to recognize me as who I am or as my name for what it is then I don't want to be bothered with it it's point plain and simple but that wasn't the way with Yahweh he, he knew that in due time, he would take the blinders off of me and I would actually know the truth and his purpose and the way and only way to salvation. And just have to be even more thankful that I am just a, 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 a sandstone, a, a, a pebble of a sandstone out of a out of a whole beach, out of a world that he chose to constantly call and sit down and learn of him and be understanding and to know of him with all these witnesses and all this evidence that we have around us. And the world doesn't want to see that. They prefer to still believe a lie and live in delusion. I was having a conversation. Well, I, I was having a conversation earlier through a text with somebody, and uh, it just so happened I, I have a uh, a profile on a dating site, and I have and one of them prompts that asks you, "What do you enjoy doing?" And in that prompt, I've answered, or well, as my my response is. I enjoy learning about my creator. And so today I get a, a like from a young lady and we start talking. She said, what is the, the truth that you learn about your creator or are you trying to be funny? And through text, I broke it down to her and I told her about the names and then she replied, Yes, uh, Yahweh or Jehovah, I had to reply back to her, like, uh, had to break down the, the etymology of J first, that it is the last letter in the English language, no more than five, 600 years old. And that same letter J is not in the Hebrew, Greek, or Latin language. So for one, the name Jehovah would be, and Jesus would be an apostle rendering. And 
Then two, in Acts 412, it says there's only one name under the heavens whereby man can and must be saved. And I, I told her that with a couple of other things. And I didn't get no response back from after that. That was early this afternoon. <laughs> uh, I, it's, it's, it's no sweat off my, my shoulder one way or the other. I hope, I just hope that that person take the time to investigate uh, what I told them and then ask her creator to confirm, ask every Yahweh to confirm what's being told to her, if it was the truth and it was actually being told through me by the Holy Spirit. Uh, mm -hmm. And that just brings me back to, I think it was maybe in a different class, I was, we were, went through the autobiography and it was good because I haven't, I kind of forgot a, a lot about it, but Dr. Kinley had a debate with a reverend uh, where they had like a, I guess, a, a, I ain't gonna say a side wager, but a bet. And I'm pretty sure Dr. Kinley made this bet with everybody. It's, if you can prove me wrong, and then I'll wrap it up and I'll come and join you. And with this particular reverend uh, who had his own church congregation, realized that he was wrong, admitted that he was wrong, went back to his congregation. And not only did his congregation excommunicate him, but his wife and his kids left him. And uh, about a year ago, I had a young lady to leave me for the same reasons, because our doctrines is just different. And I would not bow down or surrender to God, Lord, and Jesus Christ. And to me nowadays, if you tell me something in the Bible, and I'm going to ask you to point it out to me and prove it. So things just didn't go well. And I, I, when I think about that, I think about that reverend who lost, whose wife and kids left him because I've heard several times he went back crying to Dr. Kennedy uh, about losing his wife and kids. But I never did hear once that he did, that he turned away from the gospel. And so I guess what it is is what I'm saying. I will not be ashamed of the gospel. I will be thankful for every little bit of it that I am privileged to learn. And I know if I'm going, if I'm, if I'm going to be a son, then I am going to go through that. So I won't be bothered by what I'm going to call now this little small stuff with somebody who I've only known for a year and some versus a man who's lost his wife and kids that he helped raise and put food on the table for uh, because they 
didn't want to believe and realize the truth. But all in all, it's on Yahweh to remove them blinders for us. It's at his time and his discretion, if he so chooses to be. And I would just pray and continue to pray that people that I come in contact with, whether friends, family, or foe, will have the chance that I was given to make the right decision in their life. Because mm-hmm. next minute ain't promised. And ain't nothing promised. And I'm just thankful that Yahweh sees fit for me to be your son. Mm-hmm. And with that, I'll yield the floor and say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. McDaniel. And for our next speaker, it is a pleasure to call on Dr. Marcus Brazil. Can anybody hear me? Yes, sir. I'm thankful to have everything to say in the spirit and the truth. I kind of, Yahweh was telling me I was, I was next. And um, I was just listening to the previous speakers, and I enjoyed the previous speakers. But the understanding that uh, we have is an awesome understanding. And it only takes Yahweh to reveal it to us because what's come through my mind at this point is we didn't know these things until Yahweh revealed them to us. And the sister and most about what we know, which is only by revelation or the gift of Yahweh, is um, something that I just can't understand, you know. And um, I'm just been thankful myself that he has showed me just a little bit. And that little bit gives you peace and joy and happiness or just a little bit of stability in the insane world that we say, as we see every day. And um, I don't have much on my heart and mind, but the things that was on my heart and mind that, that Speaks Speaks was talking about, that it is um, an awesome understanding that you know that Yahweh is the one in control of all things. That's what gives me my most peace or most um, comfort right now is knowing that he's controlling all things, meaning that some days you wake up and you can almost say, thank you for saving me things that I don't know. I haven't seen because I'm a professional driver. He's absolutely just in control. And I had this conversation that we talked to someone about this class or about this school, and you don't really realize until you start talking to somebody else what you know or what you understand y'all has given you. Like, like I have an example is that 
we had a um I had an instance where I had talked to somebody about the class also. And I asked Josh for it sometimes to usually I don't get that. I don't get people to speak to and stuff like that. And I asked for that. Like I like to be able to share this class with somebody else. And then he gives you somebody to talk to, right? That's what happens. If actually you ask for it, it actually happens that way. Right. And so and and so I I talked about the simple, simple things, right? Simple thing about the name. Now, which we understand, we, we don't, I, I don't absolutely understand what time. We think it's the simple things of the world, the name and the tabernacle. But you understand that. told me that's actually deep. That's the deepest you can get. About the, the true name of the creator. Dr. Brazil, I'm sorry. Uh, Jesus, okay. He's having some connection issues, you guys. Dr. Brazil, you're having some connection issues going in and out. Can you hear me? Dr. Brazil, can you hear me? You're having some uh, connection issues going in and out. Uh, we lost them, Dorian. Yeah, I think we did. All right, we'll give them a few seconds, and if not, we'll move on. It's Wi-Fi, right? <laughs> can you hear me now? Yeah, we can. Go ahead. Okay. What I was talking about was that I was telling them about the name. Telling them about the name. And the simple things that we call simple, I, I wanted to say in it, that is, it's more deep. So, um, and so, um, what I'm saying is that I tried to explain that we believe the name Yahweh. And I shared this with. Did we lose you again, Dr. Bazaar? I believe, I believe we lost him. We'll give him a few more seconds. Pardon me? No. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. And so what I'm saying is the scripture on we read was everything have breath praise Yahweh. Get that read, please. Okay, give me one second, Lauren. You know where that's at? I don't know that exact scripture. Oh, uh, that's yeah, probably the, right. um, the Psalms one fifty and seven. So I think it's one fifty and seven. All right, Psalms one fifty. Uh, well, I don't have a seven. Let's see. Oh, here's uh, one, yeah, one fifty and six. All right, Psalms one fifty and six. Let everything that hath breath praise Yahweh. Praise ye Yahweh. Okay. Is anything after that? Nope, that's the last verse of the book. Okay. All right. Let's see. What I was doing was trying to explain to them that they believe the name Yahweh, and I've told them about someone being on their deathbed or, or having breathing problems. How you can hear the name pronounced. Now, what I did was demonstrate the name to the person. Of, Wait. All right. I said that I had did that to them, and they were doing, like sitting in front of me, and they just laughed out loud. Like I actually was doing it myself. 
And I said, okay, okay, that's, that's cool. Just take your time when you're alone by yourself and then just listen to your breathing. Now, to say that someone, that's, that may be so easy to say that, but the understanding of that you breathe his name has to be revealed, has to be shown to you personally. Because I had a, another person that came to me and said, I heard his name, I heard his name, I heard him breathing within me. And I, it has to be revealed to you personally to hear that. Now, and I, I said, this was after that incident and a week later, and I'm at work again, and y'all would just come to me. I see how that, I revealed that to you, and nobody else knows that, or nobody else understands that like that. Now, that's not, to me, that was deep. Like to say someone, the name is Yahweh, and their true creator is Yahweh. Now, his name was always Yahweh. Right. Before the world was, it was Yahweh. Before the earth, the earth plane was, it was that way. Before you and I were born, it was. It's always Yahweh. That's like, so where y'all come from? His name, you can't even fathom that, that statement. It's always name. His name always was Yahweh. That was his name. That was the true creator's name. Not, not just his name, his nature, his makeup. Understanding that, like I say, another deep thing. In the book of Exodus, talk about the pattern. That pattern was always there. It was always in the book. We know it was there. That's, that's deep. I mean, y'all, y'all, I'm at work now. Y'all just reminded me. These things is always there. Right. They have to be revealed to you. And you don't see it. It's right there in front of you. Right there in front of you. Been there the whole time. It was always in the book. Been there all these years. Since I was born. Been there the same way. Same fifth, same time, same. So if Yahweh don't reveal that to you, that, I mean that I mean that those sort of things to me that was like, yeah, that's right. Dang. And then to give you the importance of his name, not just importance, after to say to you, you can't say it doesn't matter what you call him. You can't do that no more. If Yahweh revealed to you his name, you can't say no more. Oh, it don't matter what you call him. Because the Bible doesn't support that. It doesn't say, oh, call him what you want. It don't say that in the book. Don't say what's no, no scripture in the book says my name's sake. Doesn't say that. But I'm 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 just thankful to have just a little bit, little bit to say because Yahweh has me right now. It's just a, always in the state of if you're talking to somebody, you kind of gotta put yourself in that first person type of view, or if do you <laughs> I mean, you're talking about if you're talking to somebody, you can't just say, you think I know what I'm talking about. You got to understand where they don't know what you're talking about. They never heard this before. You got to put yourself in that same mind frame. So when you're saying to somebody like that person, like McDonnell was saying, she just text that out. And you never know who you always will reach out to, who's listening, who's paying attention about the creation. And then y'all might just, just by saying that a little bit, people come back and say, I heard, I were, you know, the person will come back. And that's just an operator, someone that may hear this gospel, because the gift that we have, we have to share. There's no way if you really understand what you have, you cannot keep it to yourself. And you have to ask Yahweh to allow me or let me, give me the words, because it's not your words, it's not your gospel, it's not your thing that you're doing, you know. And that's who Yahweh has me at. Give me an inkling just to have that, because I, I have related to where you have to share it or like the blood is on your head. If that's what Yahweh tells me that way, if it's not that way, then that's fine. But Yahweh tells me, 
You can't keep it to yourself if you have opportunity to share it. You, it's like holding it in vain, you know, holding the truth in the righteousness. It's not almost the same thing to me. If not, Yahweh will show me that is true or not. Because even though we're in this institute, it is a correctional facility and it will correct your mind within yourself. If you're wrong and Yahweh come to you, he will correct you. If you do the vessels and things now, Yahweh will correct you. So I'm just thankful for that little bit. And um, my prayer is that someone or something that is said that will prick their understanding about the creator. Because this is the truth of the world and we must understand that we're, this is where we're standing. Not to the truth of the moment, but truth of the world of the standing of now. So I'll praise the Yash Messiah. I thank you for the time and hopefully everybody understood where I was coming from, but in due time it will be revealed. So I'll praise the Joshua. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Brazil. And for our next speaker, it is a pleasure to call on Dr. Barbara Brazil. Dr. Barbara Brazil. I know she, you were having trouble with your uh, devices last time. I'll give her a few more seconds. And by the way, while we're waiting, I uh, sent out the email with the transcript to everyone. So. All right, Dr. Barbara Brazil, we will. Uh... Okay, I see you doing something. There you go. Hmm. All right, Dr. Brazil, we're going to uh, move on. I'll uh, call me after class and we'll figure out what's going on. All right, for our next speaker, it is a pleasure to call on Dr. Shirley Nelson. Good afternoon, class. Can you hear me okay? Yes, ma'am. All right, good. I've, I, I have to apologize for being late. I'm just now joining class and I heard the very last speaker, Dr. Marcus uh, Brazil, but I know that I'm, I'm sure that I enjoyed all of the speakers because it is absolutely wonderful to hear anything about our dear savior, Yahshua the Messiah. And um, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to be able to calm down enough, sit down long enough to just be able to join these lectures and to hear what thus saith Yahweh and to hear the different testimonies of uh, the various brethren. And because the things that they have to say that any of us have to say, we certainly didn't come up with these things on our own. And I was just thinking about the, when the previous speaker was talking about, you know, the name of Yahweh and how powerful that that name actually is. And the world knows that the true name is Yahweh, but will not acknowledge it. And I was, uh, my mind went back to Sunday's class. And one of the speakers says, uh, there was question about, we were talking to a relative about the pronunciation of Yahshua's name. And he's made a simple statement, 
and said, you know, because the, the relative said that the name was pronounced Yeshua, Yeshua. And I was just thinking how clearly and how awesome Yahweh is and that he made things very plain. And the speaker went on to say, now we know more proper, properly, according to this divine vision and revelation that our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley was given in the year of 1931, he said he had a vision from Yahweh himself. And Yahweh was able to tell him things that he did not know. And even though he had been a minister in the church of God for some 15 years or so, you know, he did testify to the fact that things that he thought he knew, he didn't know. He said that he would never be the same. He said that Bible read differently than what it did prior to having the vision. Why? Because Yahweh had to reveal things to him and which he did do. He gave him a divine vision and then he, uh, it, he gave him in return, in, in addition to that divine vision, he gave him a divine revelation. And so that's what we understand is that you must have a, re a revelation of Yahshua the Messiah. He must reveal himself to you. And until he reveals himself to you, you can't even accept his name. You cannot look at and you can't recognize the fact that we breathe, as the previous speaker said, the name of Yahweh. See, we didn't even have a clue about that prior to coming into this gospel and being introduced to this wonderful truth. When you think about the simplicity of it, you know, we breathe Yahweh. Now someone would think that that's so silly. Oh, will you people stop breathing, please? You know, every time I hear class, someone is saying that. But the power that's behind that is just awesome. She had the scripture read that said, let everything that have breath praise Yahweh. So if there's anything that's breathing, you better believe he's calling on the name of Yahweh. You see that? So now when you go back to what his son's name was, see, he said that he came in his father's name. So we know as we have this chart here, and I have nothing new to say, just uh, trying to stay on a train here, that uh, on this chart here, we see that the father's name is indeed Yahweh, and that the masculine portion of his name is Yah. Now, these are basic things that many of us just kind of look over now, but prior to it being revealed to us, we didn't have a clue. So the name of the heavenly father is Yahweh, and the masculine portion is Yah. Uh, I want you uh, to get the scripture where it says that uh, the stole him by his name, Jah, is what it says in the King James Bible. Can someone pick that up real quick? And so, again, these are just basic things. I, you know, don't have anything prepared, but uh, I always want to give just a reasonable testimony to the things that Yahweh has revealed. And none of us know it all. None of us claim to. But what we do claim to know is that there's a Holy Spirit in operation and that he is in us. See, and he has the ability to show us and to teach us all things. And also, as the scripture said, to call to our remembrance the things that we have forgotten, because we can forget we can forget. Do you have that scripture for me? Yeah. Yes. Oh, Go ahead, Laura. Oh. Uh -huh. That's Psalm 68 and 4. Uh -huh. Sing unto Elohim or Yahweh. Sing praises to his name. Extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name, Jah, uh -huh. and rejoice before him. Now you see that? Now they have that. You see the Bible. <laughs> You know, we know a lot of mistranslations been done and, and so forth and so on. Now, Dr. Kenley says something very simple. 
He said, no J, no Jesus, no J, no John. So now the, the, we come to understand through evidence and through uh, the scriptures and the books that are out here and things and, and things that he's left within this earth plane for us to know. For instance, that there was no J in any language until around the 17th century. When the Messiah walked the earth plane as the Hebrew, there was no J in the Hebrew language. See, when the Bible was translated, see, and when the um, Bible, I mean, originally now, 1611, back then, during that time, see, uh, there was no J, no J in the 1611 King James Version of the Bible. And prior to 1611, the J wasn't on the scene in either the late, the, in neither the uh, Greek, Latin, see, English language, see, and none of Hebrew language and none of it. The J didn't exist. So for them to say, sing unto Jah, see, we know there's some mistranslation, see, that's in there. Whereas in reality, it was sing unto Yah, because we know that that J came from the I and the I from the Y. See, so originally it was the Y. See, and when you do some simple research on this and on the name, you can't make no mistakes in it, see. And, and sometimes we can just be willfully ignorant about a thing, but Yahweh has laid it out in the creation and he has commanded us and even demanded us to receive this or you'll go straight to the lake. See, in other words, I know and realize there's many people that do not know the true name of the heavenly father and more and, and neither his name of the savior, Yahshua, the Messiah, see. But now when we have been told, and the previous speaker talked about, he shared that and the person laughed. Well, that's nothing different than what Pharaoh did. Pharaoh said, who is this Yahweh? I don't know him and neither will I let the people go. So it was the same old story, just warmed over now. That's what it is. The people, that negative spirit denying the truth. See, and we have a whole world that's doing just that. But now Yahshua Messiah came in and he said, I come in my father's name. So if the father's name is Yah, see, then Yahshua, the Messiah, came in the father's name being Yahshua. And we know that Shua is none other than yeah, deliverer. And in Hebrew, it means to a savior or to deliver. You see what I'm saying? So the Messiah has a name that was given to him from the angel himself. You know, you shall have a son, he said to to Mary and she'll call his name Yahshua. See, he could have said, call his name anything, but said to call his name Yahshua. Why? Because he is going to come in his father's name. See, so Yahshua is none other than Yahweh. See, taking on that shape and form, see. And we talked about that even on Sunday, see, about the Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua Messiah, that these three are one. So go back over to the Moses chart, if you will. And then just a little bit more about this name. I was over uh, my sister's house and we were listening to, actually in passing, of a, a program that was on TV, and it was a, it was, it was back in the day, back in the '60s. This program showing, uh, 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 what was his name? Uh, Jackson. Um, what's his name? The activist um, Jesse Jackson, and he was on this program. Don't know what the program was about, but at just that time, he was talking about 
he mentioned Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua. Now that was back there in the 60s. And now here it is, Jesse Jackson, who was a minister, as we all know, and an activist, and he was a very well-known person. And in other words, what it showed to me is that the name wasn't hidden. See, people, and we've even had it uh, uh, documented where various ones, I remember uh, hearing before that Aretha Franklin's uh, father, who was a um, very well-known minister in the Michigan, Detroit area. And so he uh, made a comment, something similar to that, yes, the true name is Yahweh, but see, the people aren't ready for it. See, so in other words, what I'm saying is that these things have been known, but there are many that feel like it is just absolutely not necessary, but it is necessary. See, because Yahweh has already declared that there's salvation in only one name. Now, I've, you know, I'm saying a lot of things, not getting scriptures and forth and so forth, but see, these are the things that we learn, see, and I am convinced of it and convicted of the things that I have heard in this teaching. And it has been proven to me to be the truth. And we're not gonna deny this name of Yahweh, Elohim and Yahshua Messiah, no matter what anybody says. You see what I'm saying? We all work out here in this world and we go about and we have people that always wanna confront you with Lord God and Jesus Christ. And sometimes we, and I'll speak for myself, have been hesitant to declare the name. That was back in the day, cause I'm not hesitant to declare anymore. See, it's just like people walk up to you and declare, declare Lord God and Jesus and Lord and God, we know our titles. See, I'm declaring Yahshua Messiah because I understand and I know in my heart that he is my only savior and my only hope of glory. See, this thing is, a this is a real thing, people. We're down here at the very end of an age. And so that might sound like a doomsday report, but every single day we see the evidence. See, and it is absolutely no time to be shucking and jiving. I'm using some old terms here. It's no time to be getting off of the straight road, see. And you know, I'm, I'm telling you, it's no time to, because we don't have class in a physical building to be uh, distancing ourselves, see, from Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua, the Messiah, from this true teaching. See, it's no time to do that because time has run out. We're at the end of a thing. Nothing is the same. All things are changing and dying. The trees don't yield the same way. The flowers don't yield the same way. The butterflies are dying. The birds are stopping, stopping their singing. You see what I'm saying? The ice is melting. The climate is all over the place. Now, these are things that Dr. Kinley talked about when he was yet in the flesh. He said what these end times would be, see? And these things that he talked about, he talked about those planets up out there lining up, see? and that the weather would not be the same. They're having triple digit temperatures over in Vegas, see, and California and places like that. And they're talking about like, I think in Death Valley and over there in California, it was like 130. See, and they're saying, now look, say, well, back in 1916 uh, uh, or somewhere around there, it got to 132. So now somebody look at that says, and they might say, see, it's nothing to it. This is just the way the weather works. But then they go on and they say, but the thing, the difference is, is that in June and July, those areas were getting 
triple digits, which is very uncommon, maybe around August, end of August or something like that, see? But the point is, is that nothing is the same. One day is 130, the next day is down to 60. You see, but Dr. Kinley said it would be like that. He said the things would line up and that it wouldn't, those planets would line up and it would throw the weather and everything else off. But we know that these are unprecedented times. We know, and now look, look at the time just in the state and condition of the man that's going on right now today. And it doesn't take an Einstein to understand where we're at today, see? The way that people are killing each other, people with this pandemic that they wanna say is over with, but it's not over. Yahweh's not through. He's not finished with what he's doing here on the, in this creation. So I've said all that to say, it's not a time to get give get up off of or to give up on see your true foundation this mm -hmm. is not the time to do that this is the time to be steady see and to be firm see and to take it to the very end I mean, I look at these i love races and i'm looking at this race on tv and on on tv on sunday i think it was and these people are just running just running this race they were actually on bikes is what they were but it's a race and i was saying how do they do that how do they mile after mile after mile see and it made me think of how that when you get down it says the scripture talks about that the race is not won by the swift but it's by those who endure it to the end so what we have to endure to the end of this thing is sound doctrine. Don't put the other things that's, that, that, that gathers and takes our mind in this world to be the foremost thing on your mind. It's time to focus in on who your savior is, where he's at and where you're at with him. See, where your salvation lies. See, you understand because this world, this age, see, is moving. We're transitioning out of here, see. We post have already have been translated, see, but we are moving on out of here, even from a physical standpoint. The children of Israel was on a migratory track. That's what this is when we talk about them moving from Egypt, see, down to the, then from Egypt, which was likened to death, hell and the grave and see they had to travel move on up out of that sea up here into the wilderness of sinai but when they got to the wilderness of sinai they the journey wasn't finished do you understand what i'm saying see there was yet another place to be see another state to be in do you understand what i'm trying to say we're moving through this thing this is not our permanent location see right now you know we've been always looking for a location a place and so forth see but yashua messiah he says see that he had prepared a place for us and that place isn't physical like i'm look for houses and all that kind of stuff but it's not a physical place it's a spiritual place that he has placed for us. He's placed us right here, see, with that eternal spirit in us, see. That spirit in us, see, that's why it's so important to have Yahshua in us, who is that Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit in you, see, that is what will consume this flesh. See, when we take off this 
look at the instantaneous revelation of Yahshua Messiah. This flesh is not going into his heaven. It's not going with you. This flesh is, is, is destined for the great, for the ground and for the dirt. You see what I'm saying? It came from dirt and that's where it will go back. It's not the flesh that goes anywhere, see, because right. the flesh does not inherit eternal life, but the eternal spirit in us is what goes on. So our minds ought to be on that. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? See, yeah. I, I, I don't have all of the words. I'm not eloquent when it comes to going through a lot of things. And it doesn't, it's not, I'm not trying to say I'm trying to be or even wanna be. What I want is to have the pureness of this gospel in me, the Holy Spirit abiding within me. I pray that I am conformed to him. See, not that, not, that we might be one, just as he talked about that he and his father were one. You understand, see, and when you talk about being conformed, see, you have taken on the nature. This is the thing that all of us are striving to, striving to get to because we don't have it all together in this flesh. And as long as we're in the flesh, we're making mistakes and all kinds of things. But Yahshua Messiah, he has promised us this eternal life. And right now, I believe that we have it. See, we have it and the best of both of everything right now, having the Holy Spirit in us, that Paul talked about it, it the treasure in earthen vessels, that when you have that Holy Spirit in you, see, you're in the flesh, see, but you're looking into heaven itself. You understand what I'm trying to say, but this is the journey that we're on. And it makes me think of, you know, you're on this road and you sometimes feel like, and we were reminiscing, talking about the times of we've been in this class so many years and the things we used to do and all of that. We were just reminiscing about it, see. And Yahweh have my mind to go back and forth through that so often. And I just remember how that there were things that were said to me back then, see, that caused me and allowed me to stay on a road. See, not that I did it, but that Yahshua the Messiah, see, had already purposed it to be. And that's why when I'm, I'm listening to the uh, Bible on the CDs in the, in the, and I'm listening every time I turn, I'm in my car, I'm listening to these CDs because I determined to get through this Bible. I said, I want to read this Bible. I want to know, but I, eyes going bad and everything. So when my brother Leroy passed, he had a whole volume of the CDs because I'd had one once before, but I misplaced it and, and, and I loaned some of the CDs out. So Yahweh just brought it back around to me again. And it looked like it was brand new, this group of CDs. And I said, I'm going to listen to this. And so it's been, sometimes it's been hard you know in the going over there into numbers and it's like the begets and all the different things and the chronicles and it's just almost laborious and you're listening you're saying what is it really all about but see Yahweh is just showing us see that he has he has already purposed this thing and I noticed that so much of the scriptures and it talks about praising Yahweh 
praising his name. How glory, I'm in the Psalms now, how glorious he is. Extol him. You know what I'm saying? I think about, you know, the mercy of Yahweh. Scroll through the scriptures. That's what it's talking about. Yahweh always purpose. He knew exactly what he was doing, but he put us on a road and he made us stay on it. See, because many didn't stay on it. See, if he allowed you to stay on the road, that was Yahweh who did that. Because some, all of so many of us came up like seeds, you know. And that's a parable when it talks about that, about the sower who sold the seeds and some sold on good ground and some sold on, on bad ground or whatever. But they all had to come up together. See, but in the harvest, it was going to be manifested where they were at. And so where your heart ought to be, where my heart is, is that Yahweh will to gather you up and take you with him. See, put him and keep you. You see what I'm saying? Keep you on this road, this traveling thing that we're on now. My sister-in-law used to sing a song. It's a hard road. It's a long road, sometimes even a sad road. And that's what this life is all about. But thanks be to Yahweh, he's taking us to our destination. And I just, I don't want to get, you know, every time I get on the is crying, but I remember, I remember, and I don't know why that he's making me even think of these things, but I remember years ago, and I told this story before, and my sister did too, and we went to visit Dr. Uh, Oliver Gill, and he told us in Ohio, as we got ready to get back into the car and to travel back to Michigan, he said, now stay on the road. Now this was, I felt I was young person in class then, but it was years later that Yahweh brought that out. And he made me realize that surely you did not stay on this road. You didn't do that yourself, but it was truly Yahshua the Messiah. He says, stay on the road. He said, now it's gonna look like you're on the wrong road. He says, and you're gonna wanna get off. He said, but don't. He said, now I'm telling you. And he came back to us. We would be ready. To, we were talking, trying to get in the car. Dr. Gill, three, at least three different times, had to say, now, I want to say again, you're going to think you're on the wrong road. He said, but don't get, he said, the road is going to get dark. It's going to look like you're going the wrong way. He said, but stay on that work. Do you know how important when I think about the, that time, when that was told to me, now it's precious to me. See, now I understand. Then we just thought he was talking about the road. Okay, Dr. Gill, we hear you. We hear you. Thank you very much. You know, it was the kind of thing. But we got on that road, me and my sister Sharon. We got on that road traveling back at night. And we forgot all about what Dr. Gill said. Next thing we know, we look up and we're like, are we going the right way? I mean, it was just awesome because that's what he said. You're going to think you on the wrong road. And we're sitting there trying to figure out it was this was before GPS. You see what I'm saying? Uh, that's before then. But he says, now you think that you're going to be on a you think you're going to be on the wrong road. And we're saying to ourselves, we think we've made a wrong turn or we didn't. We were supposed to turn back there, this, that and the other. See, then we remember. I'm serious, and I'm, I'm saying that. I'm not trying to just make myself out of something, but Yahshua brought it back to our remember. Dr. Gill said we were going to do this. He said we were going to think we're on the wrong road, and that was what made us continue on, but as I said, that was just something that I looked at then that at that time didn't mean anything, but it's precious to me now. It's precious to me because a lot of those people that said different things, 
things to us then, they're not here with us anymore, or they're not able to do the same things they were able to do. See, but Yahweh, he knows exactly what he's doing. So I just wanted to just give that little encouragement. But see, on this chart here, and I don't know how much time we have, but I just wanted to maybe try to go into a little bit of something. Here we, we got have about 10 minutes. Okay, thank you. Here we have this Moses chart here. So what we call the Moses chart. And see, and this chart is surrounded by this uh, uh, this real cl cloud, fiery cloud, see, symbolizing in eternity. See, and it's just showing how the Yahweh in his pure spirit state, as it talks about over in John 4 and 24, say Yahweh is spirit. See, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, because he seeketh such to worship him that way. But Yahweh is spirit, as it says, he's not a spirit denoting that there are others, but he is spirit. You see what I'm saying? Is what is what Yah is what Yahweh is. And we didn't know what spirit was, but we come find out the spirit is the ultimate source, substance, limits and bounds of everything, see. The spirit is law and spirit is eternity. See, it was through by Dr. Kinley's vision that he gave us a definition of what spirit is. Spirit is the source of all things. It's the substance of all things. And Yahweh in that immaculate state, see, pure state, see, of existence, see, didn't have no need for anything else. He is self-existing right within himself. Yahweh didn't need a goddess. Yahweh didn't need anything to help him with anything. He spoke it and it was. And he chose or desired to create a creation knowing he's going to do so. He would have to break himself down from this state. Why? Because this physical creation he was going to create, see, didn't, does not comprehend, see, uh, spirit, if you will. See, our five senses are more on the earthly side or physical side than something ethereal or see abstract see so knowing this Yahweh had to come out of this state but in confidence right within the pure spirit state of Yahweh is all the all, all of the wisdom and intelligence and knowledge, love, beauty, justice, foundation, power, and strength. And we say that that is Yahweh's nine principal divine attributes. Not that he only has nine. There's many. We can't even name the attributes of Yahweh, see? Mm -hmm. But those principal ones, see? See, right. making up Yahweh in that pure spirit state. Not that he's wise, but he's the essence of wisdom itself. See, when you look at these things, how Dr. Kenley explained it, see, you know it didn't come from a man, because we didn't think like that, see? Right. But Yahweh choosing to create a creation, he broke himself down, and I'm using words, see, or just came on down out of that lofty state in part, see? And we were reading that the other day, how often Dr. Kenley they put that in the book. Then take all of pure spirit to come into a shape and form as Yahweh Elohim, see, that super incorporeal form. See, it didn't take all of him to do that. So you still have Yahweh Elohim and Yahshua right back here in this pure spirit state. When he came into a shape and form as Yahweh Elohim, see, the super incorporeal form of Yahweh seen only in visions and in revelation. See, that's Yahweh Elohim and Yahshua the Messiah right there, too. 
See, how do you know that? Because see, then it says over there in John, if you can get it real quick, that because Elohim here, here is known as the word of Yahweh, see? You understand? So now this word appeared in visions and appeared in revelations. You understand? That's how he was understood, was in a vision and in a revelation. So when you go back there into the law and the different parts of the prophets and so forth, and it talks about, and the word appeared unto me, and the word this and that, is speaking of this Yahweh Elohim, not the Bible flapping, but Yahweh Elohim in shape and form, in the super incorporeal form, appeared. I see the bell. So this is how that he came. That's how he appeared to various ones. And the, the uh, speaker the other day, I think on Sunday, went through and illustrated childbirth and then illustrated uh, H2O and how it goes according to the unity. See, the Yahweh Elohim is not a trinity, but a unity. So likewise, John over there in John, the first chapter says the word, which is Yahweh Elohim was made flesh. So when he was made flesh, see, made flesh as Yahshua, the Messiah. Now he's in a physical form. See, he did not have a problem with who he was walking around in the flesh. He knew that that was, he was that higher source of himself was Yahweh Elohim. See that, you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. He, that's why the Messiah had to come in and he has to say then, me and my father are one. See, he's verifying that unity that the world wants to deny. See, they don't know why he's saying he's, we're one. He said, we are one. He said, when you see me, you have seen the father. What is he talking about? It's just me and this in this flesh now see but he was the same power that Yahweh Elohim had within his own different states you see what I'm saying same type of power that's why he could speak to the elements and the elements responded see right. so we're talking about the one who created the elements see manifesting right there in the flesh see so look I know that Yahshua Messiah, he came in, he's the fullness of it all. When we go back, he came in to die for the sin of the world, pour out his spirit. I always end up with the same thing because this is what Yahshua has solidified in me. It was all of the Holy Spirit that there was, was in him, but he had to take off that flesh seed so that he might pour it out on mankind and that we might have that eternal spirit in us. And it is that spirit in us that's gonna carry us on into the next age. While we're yet in this flesh, we are being translated into his kingdom. We have been translated. That's what having the Holy Spirit in you is you have been translated into the kingdom, see? And all we're doing is waiting to rent this veil of the flesh so that we then will have a body as he has, you see what I'm saying? or a spiritual body that goes along with the spiritual mind that we have acquired through, through the Holy Spirit. See, we are not of this world. I think sometimes when I'm driving, walking around and driving and going back and forth to work, sometimes I do feel, my brother used to say he was an alien. Sometimes I feel just like that. We're not of this world. I don't think like everybody else do, and neither do you. See, because Yahweh has moved you from this state and state of this worldly down here on the ground state, see? You know what I'm saying? He has elevated our understanding and we look to new heavens, see? We see it spiritually so. See, the way that he has showed us through by this vision and through by having the Holy Spirit in us. I hope somebody got something out of that. I hope it wasn't too jumble. I know I didn't really get into doctrine, doctrine, but you know, just sharing the things that Yahweh has given me to share. I stand on this gospel. 
See, I believe this gospel in my heart. I know that Yahshua Messiah is my one and only savior. And see, I will never deny his name. And I know I'm not saying anything else that anybody else has declared, can declare all day long. See, I pray that Yahshua keeps me. And I pray that he keeps us all. Mm -hmm. Keep us safe in this time. Keep us open to his voice that we might hear it so that he will direct us and guide us no matter what it is that we go through. And I just want to thank Yahshua for his mercy. I just want to say this one last thing. He was showing me that life when he said he gave us life. Sometimes the days, like they've been so cloudy, so gray, so rainy. But Yahshua is showing me, and he shows me even on the time when I feel the lowest. See, that he has given me life. Life is that Holy Spirit in you. You'll never die. He's giving you life and life more abundant. See, we can't ask for any greater life than having the spirit in us, having the Holy Spirit in us, the eternal spirit in us. And I just want to thank you for the opportunity. If you got anything out of it, give the praise to Yahshua Messiah, who truly deserves it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Nelson. And that brings a conclusion to today's lecture. I want to thank all, everyone for participating in the question and answering answers i know i got a lot out of it i'm sure everyone else did too thank all of our brethren for joining us we all classes here on tuesdays and thursdays from 6 30 p.m to 7 to 8 30 p.m eastern standard time and on sundays from 11 30 to 1 30 p.m eastern standard time we will now close with the doxology which is taken from the last two verses of the book of jude now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong all glory, majesty, dominion, and power for all times, now and ever. Let us all say, hallelujah. 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 hallelujah.